0: hey hi hello how are you and welcome back to watch it again the podcast where we go through 101 movies to see before you die as always i am your host jacob and with me are
1: i'm cat
2: i'm nick and i'm james I'm
0: and cat to tell us a bit about what this podcast is all about
1: Yeah, so, um, the boys have a poster of 101 movies you should see before we die, and we decided to watch all of them and talk about them each week, so here we are. (laughs) Um, and this week it is my turn to report, um, so I'm reporting on Rashomon, which is a Japanese, uh, psychological thriller, crime film from 1950, (laughs) Did we all watch it? Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. Mostly.
1: Mostly. Mostly. It was, it was so, so, that being said, I'm kind of disappointed, Jacob, because it was like an hour and a half I shorter than a lot of the our least, other movies. The one we've
3: watched it a long
1: time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Last week was pretty short. <laughs> it was, not really. It, it was still, fu- no. like, a full hour longer than this.
0: Yeah, okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Just went
1: quicker. <laughs> um, so, a little bit of background. It's, um, oh, just a blanket statement at the top of the podcast, um, because it is Japanese, oh,
3: no. there
1: are a lot of Japanese names and I do not speak Japanese, so I'm going to do my best to pronounce them, but I will probably fuck it up and I'm sorry in advance. I'm doing my You'll best to You'll probably do better guys. than what
0: I did the other week, so...
1: Um, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. the story is based story upon Ryonosuke Akutagawa's short story In a Grove from 1922. Um, and it was really the first Japanese film to receive significant international reception. So before that, there kind of wasn't a um, um, like kind of a market um, or a market calling like for, for um, who's pouring water? water?
3: I think it's Nick. Nick, Nick. I believe. Nah. <laughs> What are you doing? I was checking my levels. I wasn't doing anything, so... Sure,
1: sure. sure. Um, so, yeah, there wasn't really a market for, um, like, foreign films. There wasn't even a category at the Academy Awards for, um, like, best foreign film like we have today. Um, but because it was so great, it won the Golden Lion in 1951 at the Venice Film Festival, which is just, like the highest award you can get at that festival. Um, And it won an Academy Honorary Award in 1952 for being, quote, the most outstanding foreign language film released in the United States during 1951. Um, Yeah, and then the following year when it was eligible for consideration in other Academy Award categories, it was nominated for Best Art Direction for a Black and White Film. And it's often credited as the reason that the Academy created the best foreign film category, which is pretty cool.
2: That's
0: Um, a pretty big accolade, eh? Yeah. That is a fun fact.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So uh, I wanted to tell you too, Jacob, I have interspersed my fun facts throughout the um, report. I haven't just kept them all at the end.
0: Okay, so I will let you know throughout every time if it's fun (laughs) or sad.
1: Yeah, so that was fun. Um, So, yeah, the... um, Best Foreign Film category was introduced in 1956. Um, um, the, budget, the budget. There was a, yeah, lot a lot of conflicting information about this. So sorry, I've just gone I have with our good friend Wikipedia, and I've just taken the um, numbers from the there. Ba- <laughs> the best source. <laughs> now, because,
2: have you done it yourself,
0: or has James needed to be prepared?
1: Um, I knew James was going to be here, so I was going to let him do it. So the, bu- <laughs> 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 the budget at the time was US $250,000, and then the box office um, was US $96,568, so that's... quite a lot less.
0: But was that box office in the US or? That was
1: Canada and the US.
0: Okay, so it probably after had- After
1: two years or something, I think.
0: Okay, so that's just box office for there, but they spent 250 US yeah. equivalent in Japan. So, so that the means... budget
2: today would have been $2 million. Sorry, Kat. Oh, yeah, sorry, what, was the, what was the box? Ninety-six thousand five hundred and 568. 568,000 would be 6 million today. Hang on, hang on. No, yeah.
0: 96,558, not 500. What? It was only 96,558. No, oh. Wait, so it only made like half
2: of its budget back? Less than Well, that's half, in the US, yeah. yeah. Ah, right, yes. Well, that uh, is like a million today
1: yeah and so i got i saw some reports where the budget was half that i saw some report uh, sorry where the box office was half that somewhere it was double that and i was just like i don't know so if anyone has the actual figures let us know
2: <laughs> presumably it made more in japan anyway and yeah it was not a yeah commercial failure that's I, what I've i'm s-
1: thinking
0: Seen a lot where, like, looking at like, other old movies, and you'll find, you know, the US box office numbers or the US Canada or just, like, you know, classified as North American box office, but you never really, f- and that's classified as, like, global box office for some of these movies. Yeah. But you never find, like, what did it do in Europe? What did it do in Asia? Yeah. Like, where some what of these did movies it do are in from Japan when it was yeah, released. Like, yeah. yeah. And, like, what, like, you know, it, kind of information is always missing.
2: Yeah. you got to imagine, like, like most, most of that, of that budget, budget is. is- actors, right? Because there's not a lot of... Mm. This movie doesn't look expensive in, ter- yeah. in terms of no and en- settings or anything.
1: Um, yeah, so I will talk about that in a bit, but it did yeah. have quite a small budget for the time, like uh, for kind of what they could have done. Yeah. Really? Um, but yeah, so this movie made our list um, because... And this is a quote from our good friend, Roger Ebert. Roger. Um, good on, Roger. So, quote, It was the first um, use of flashbacks that disagreed about the action they were flashing back to. It supplied first-person eyewitness accounts that differed, that differed radically, one of them coming from beyond the grave. It ended with three self-confessed killers and no solution. So this kind of was it's never seen news, before, bro. you know, where, like, the characters... I guess they didn't lie, but they told how they saw a certain series of events and kind of altered how they presented them to present themselves in the best light. Um, And you kind of see this a lot now. Um, We actually did one of these. We did a movie that is kind of emblematic of this, um, The Usual Suspects, where you've got Kevin Spacey's character. Yeah, true telling this story to these police officers and they're just lapping it up, you know, because it fits within this narrative that they're trying to create. And he's just lying completely <laughs> to present himself in the best possible light, you know, and get away with it. Um,
2: yeah, it's a it's a fair comparison, I suppose.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't have four characters doing it. but Yeah,
2: but you get the same kind of, like, rewriting of... The story yeah. that you're being told within the story that you're, what you're being told.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, so, Rashomon was directed by Akira Kurosawa, um, who also directed a few movies that we've watched, including Ikuru, Seven Samurai, Yunjimbo, and he also directed Kajimusha and Ran. Um, so he totaled 30 films in his career. Which is pretty big, um, and his career was for fifty-seven years, which is also massive. Um, it's one
0: every two years-ish.
1: Yeah, um, he. I think he made one a year for the fifties, which is pretty cool.
2: Yeah, right. well, yeah. All, um, all those are between fifty-one and sixty-one, aren't they? So yeah, yeah. It must have been his his big famous period, I suppose.
1: Yeah. Um, and in nineteen ninety, he received an Academy Award for Lifetime Achievement, which I think is well deserved nice. because I mean oh, yeah. he's, yes. he's credited <clears throat> as one of the most important and influential filmmakers in the history of cinema. Well, mm-hmm. if you
0: ask most, like you know, well-known Hollywood directors these days, they're all gonna point back towards him as some form of inspiration from mm. the movies that he made.
1: Oh, 100%. And it was really Rashomon that gave him that kind of international audience and recognition. Um, The cinematographer was Kazuo Miyagawa. um, And he also collaborated on Yojimbo and Kajimusha with Kurosawa. Um, And he, I was just like clicking on his random little profiles and found that he was an inventor of a technique known as bleach bypass, which is a chemical effect, because obviously they used film in the Hmm. 50s. Um, So it was a chemical effect where during the processing of colour film, the bleaching function is skipped partially or completely, resulting in silver being retained along with the colour dyes in the film. And so the ultimate result is a black and white image over a coloured image, which I think is pretty cool pretty cool effect. Yeah. Um the music and score was done by Fumio Hayasaka who again collaborated with Kurosawa um from 1948 until his death in 1955. Um and then the movie stars um Toshiro Mifune um he plays yep, I think he plays the bandit. Um And he actually did 16 films with Kurosawa, um, including Seven Samurai and Yujimbo.
3: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, The Samurai's Wife is played by Makiko Uh Kayo, um, and she... um, What have I got here for her? So she received a Golden Globe nomination for her sole non-Japanese film, The Tea House of the August Moon, in 1956. Um, and was presented an award of merit at the 40th Japanese Academy Awards in 2017 and she only died a couple of years ago um, you've got Ma- Masayuki Mori um, playing the samurai husband and he collaborated on five films with Kurosawa um, then you've got Takashi Shimura who plays the woodcutter and um, This is a pretty cool fact, Jacob. He appeared in more than 200 films between 1934 and 1981. Yeah, I'll
2: pay that. Prolific.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's that's, that's a decent effort.
1: Um, 21 of those films were in collaboration with Kurosawa. That
2: boy from Ikaru.
1: And Seven Samurai.
2: And and Seven Samurai, yes.
1: Yeah. Um, Then Minoru. Chiyaki plays the priest. He did eleven films with Kurosawa, um, and then Kichi Juro Udeya plays the common person. And I don't have any information on him
2: because he's just a commoner.
1: <laughs> yeah. So what I'm trying to get at here is that Kurosawa really enjoyed the same actors and working with the same people. Yeah. <laughs> um. So getting into the plot. It's broken into six parts, and like I said before, it's the same story told from the perspectives of a different character in which they frame themselves in the best possible way, despite all claiming to be a murderer.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But I'm the good kind of murderer, you know? The
0: good
1: kind, yeah.
0: Are they all claiming to be the murderer, or is the woodchopper claiming to hear that they were all claiming to be the murderer?
1: Uh, the woodcutter, sorry, is not. Does, well, you don't woman,
2: know. Does the woman claim to murder her husband in her? Sleep? She says well, she says
1: She faints.
3: She, yeah, she must have passed out. But yeah, passed out oh, and no,
1: I was him. But
3: visually, it looks a bit sus. Yeah, That's,
0: yeah. That, that's the uh, the, the Smallville effect. Everyone gets village. knocked out every episode, so they never see Clark use his powers, so they're all getting concussed,
3: like, once a week. <laughs> they all have severe <laughs> brain damage.
0: So they, yeah, they were all, <laughs> like, in every episode, at least two of the main characters get knocked out in every sequence, so Clark can use his powers, but, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so they good. don't know his secret. So, like, they would all have, like, severe fucking brain, like, damage. Isn't a thing, if oh you get God. knocked
3: out, like, twice in your life, you're like, if you do it again, like... That's not yeah, good. I've been knocked out yeah, several yeah, times die. in
0: like a year one since soccer, so I'm fucked. <laughs> <laughs> that's it.
1: Uh, yeah, okay, sorry. so the movie starts kind of with a prologue. Let me set the scene for you. It's pouring rain. Oh. There's oh. a priest and a woodcutter oh. sitting oh. under Roshman City Gate. Um and then this commoner joins them and says that
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <I> just <laughs> hates him so much. <laughs>
0: Can we can we can we mention that it's framed in a way that we're looking at this gate, and that the commoner or the beggar runs from behind the camera onto the scene to engage with our two characters as if the audience is engaging with them?
1: Yeah, it's a really good scene. Oh, it's a really engaging opening, I found.
2: And yeah. also, when we say gate, we mean like big ass building kind of thing.
1: Yeah, Not it's t- like an <laughs> entryway almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So this commoner, I'm just going to refer to him as a commoner because that's what he's referred to on Wikipedia and everywhere else. Um, He joins them and says that three days earlier, while looking for wood in the forest, he found first a woman's hat, then a samurai cap, then a cut rope and then an amulet before stumbling across the body of a murdered samurai. Dun, dun, dun. Um... (laughs) So the priest says he saw the samurai and his wife traveling the same day of the murder. Um, And then the priest and the commoner are summoned to testify in court, which I didn't realize watching it. I didn't understand (laughs) what they were doing. There's
2: there's not really any indication that it's a court. They just seem to be lying on like on some sand and (laughs) like addressing the camera. Yeah, again, addressing the
0: audience.
1: Yeah. I did enjoy that, though. Um, Yeah, so they're summoned to testify in court, and then this other witness turns up with this bandit he claims to have captured. Um, And the bandit claims to have followed the samurai and his wife after becoming infatuated with her. And this is where we roll into the bandit's story. Um... So after following the samurai and his wife briefly, the bandit says he tricked the samurai into following him off the trail into the forest, where he says he will show him a cachet of ancient swords and mirrors he discovered oh, and bro. stowed away.
2: I want ancient swords. But but well, also you'd this be was,
1: murdered, Jacob.
2: <laughs> this was so obvious. Like it like they see this guy just lying next to a tree at the start and he's like, Hey, I got the all these swords just, just over here. Come come follow me over yeah. here. Hey, and the guy hey. just leaves his wife just sitting in the forest to be like, "Yeah, I want these these cheap swords."
0: I would have. Bro, he's got just ancient swords it fucking it by given a river. To <laughs>
1: um, yeah. So he follows him into the forest, um, and while well, separated from his wife, the samurai is tricked and tied up by the bandit. We all saw that coming. I'm sorry.
2: Yeah. yeah. Sorry, <laughs> but also like. You're- you're a dumbass.
0: Be better. You're a samurai. Be be yeah, better. Be like, better. Stop being so weak and just off, caught off guard. Like, just come on.
1: Come on, mate. Um, so the bandit goes back to the wife, claiming the samurai has fallen sick, and gets her to follow him back to where the samurai is tied up. The wife initially tries to defend herself with a dagger. Oh, sorry. So the wife comes back to where he's tied up, and this is kind of where each of the other two stories... Changes. ...change. Mm-hmm. So, it's all kind of... The samurai's tied up, the bandit's there with the wife, that's where it all kind of starts, and then... Yeah. Yeah, it all... everything
2: before that they all kind of agree on, and then this is yeah. where the stories... This
1: is, mer- diverge. It,
2: diverge, not merge. That would be the, yeah. the other way.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, the wife initially tries to defend herself against the bandit with a dagger before being seduced by him. Um in a very i guess i did not enjoy that scene at all <laughs> um she's ashamed and begs the bandit to duel to the death um with her husband um to save her from the guilt of having known two men um
0: <gasps> not two and men to save Oh, her my god
1: <gasps> yeah. oh, it's, it's outrageous <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so the bandit like a good a good bandit sets the samurai
2: free.
1: <laughs> I don't know what do you call that? Like like a good you yeah, know
2: like they normally being do. A good team
1: player, you know. <laughs> don't shoot um. a guy while he's down. <laughs> um so he sets the ba- the samurai free and they duel skillfully and fiercely. The bandit kills the samurai and the wife runs away. Um So then we kind of cut back to the court where the bandit's sitting there telling his story and he's asked about the samurai sword and he says he took that and pawned it for liquor or like traded it for liquor or something and then he's asked about the dagger with the expensive pearl inlay which the wife was trying to defend herself with and he says he forgot about it um, and laments thinking that it would have been very valuable
2: Biggest mistake of his life, I think. He I says. know. <laughs> it's like, damn, dude. Glad <laughs> uh, banditry was always your your path forward. There's yeah. no mistakes there.
1: Yeah, you're you're a good bandit. You're a good bandit. Um. So then we cut to the wife's story, which is quite different to the bandits. So she claims that after um, the bandit raped her, he left. Um. And she goes to the samurai who's still tied up and begs her to, f- sorry, begs him to forgive her. But he looks at her with loathing in his eyes. Um, loathing, so she or loathing? It- loathing. Sorry, <laughs> I, I don't know. My pre- pronunciation today is a bit off.
2: He's got bread loaves in his. Yeah, eyes. So I think like <laughs> he's
1: loafing her up like a slice of bread. I need to enunciate better. <laughs> Um, so she cuts him free and begs him to kill her. Um, and his expression disturbs her so much that she faints with the dagger in her hand, oh my and when God. she awakens, it's in the samurai's chest and he's dead. <laughs> so then she tries to kill herself, but fails. um.
2: Yeah, I um I interpreted that as that he had killed himself while she was unconscious. But no, I, it's meant to be that she fades with the dagger; and just drops into his chest. <laughs> it's like,
1: that's what oh, I kind of thought. And I was like, "Wow, you'd really have to like get the angle right for that to, then, to <laughs> like
2: work." That, that's,
0: that's fainting with some force too. Like that's not just like dropping. Force. That's just. Oh, I'm gonna throw myself forwards with yeah. this dagger as I pass out. Yeah, even with
2: the right angle, you would need a fair, fairly yeah. good amount of force to get it through his like his shirt and his skin. Yeah,
1: and I'm assuming he's wearing layers because it's Japan and they yeah. wear a lot of like the traditional clothes are quite layered.
2: Except for the uh, the bandit, he's very much semi-naked the whole time,
1: mm. showing off his figure. You know, someone's got to be sexualized. <laughs> <laughs> um, and for so once, it's sort of damsel
0: in distress in the, one of the movies that we watch.
1: Yeah, it's not yeah. a woman
0: that's thirty years younger than a love
1: interest. <laughs>
3: Thank
2: God, it's the,
1: it's the sexy, sexy bandit. Yeah, <laughs> um, so that's your
2: thing, Cat. Yeah, I've just totally. realised, kind yeah. like common is disgusting, but ooh, the good bandit, sexy <laughs> bandit. Oh <laughs> sexy yeah, sexy
1: bandits do it for me. <laughs> oh, oh
0: my
3: poke, God. Yuck
1: wish our listeners could see the look of disgust on my face at these three right, boys. Wait,
0: and that's enough.
1: Do you see the loafing in my eyes? Sorry, the loafing <laughs> in my eyes?
2: see <laughs> <laughs> you just hankering up for a slice of rye. Yeah. Oh, God, please carry on.
1: Oh, my gosh. So, um, then we switch to the samurai story, and because he's dead, it's told through a medium um... So,
0: Suspicious. the
1: samurai, through the medium, claims that after raping his wife, the bandit asks her to travel with him, and she accepts. She asks the bandit to kill the samurai so as not to feel the guilt of belonging to two men. The bandit is shocked and gives the samurai the choice of letting the wife go or killing her, um, and the wife flees. So the bandit tries to capture her, but gives up and sets the samurai free, as you do. Um, and then the samurai kills himself with the wife's dagger. Um, but then later, someone removes the dagger from his chest, but it's not revealed who. So.
0: It was yeah. Me.
1: It was Jacob. I can I see did. that. <laughs> Perlin laid dagger behind him.
0: I put it in his chest, and I took it out.
2: See, when Kat was going through the cast, she decided the name Jacob was too hard to pronounce. Yeah, didn't want to offend our Japanese listeners, so she just left you out of the cast. Yep. Yeah, the
0: yeah. It's a secret, uncredited um, off-screen
2: role.
1: Off-screen. <laughs> so then we get to the woodcutter's story. So this is um, taking place. So he tells his story. Sorry, back at the gate after the trial So we're back at the Rashomon City Gate. Um, And the woodcutter states that all three of the stories are false. Um, He says he witnessed the rape and murder but didn't want to get involved, so that's why he didn't testify at the court. Um, So according to his story, um, the bandit begs the samurai's wife to marry him, but instead she frees her husband. Um, And the samurai, initially unwilling to fight the bandit, says he will not risk his life for his wife um, because you know what she's known to men and full of dishonor.
2: She's known um, to men because she got raped. Oh my god! I'm so dishonoured. Yeah. Is
1: this Texas? Um, it's always the victim's fault, James. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, sorry,
2: I forget. I forget that we're a victim blaming yeah. podcast.
1: We are. We are totally whoa, a victim blaming podcast. Whoa! 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 No. <laughs> I'm so glad that you're paying attention, Jacob. No, no,
0: no, 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 James. We are not that. Not me. Cat. Come on. Cat the fuck, man.
1: No, we are not a victim-blaming podcast. We stand with survivors. Um, This samurai, however, does not. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Fuck that guy. (laughs) So, yeah, so she set the samurai free. Um, And he said he's not willing to risk his life for her. Um, So she criticizes both the bandit and the samurai, saying they're not real men, and urges them to fight one another um, to prove they are, as you do.
2: This is the best part of the movie.
1: (laughs) Um, So she hides behind a tree stump, um, and the men are... Also, really afraid of each other, and according to the woodcutter, they duel so pitifully and clumsily, um, which is a very stark contrast to what the bandit initially said. Like when he said they fought fiercely, um,
2: their first move is to like get like twenty meters apart. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's like it's it's a not fight. Like there's it's not there is no fighting.
2: And the way the samurai goes out is just...
1: <laughs> it's just pure luck on the bandit's part, honestly.
2: The bandit's, like, giving him every chance to get his sword back, moving at about, like, half mm. a metre a second towards <laughs> him.
1: Um, so then the bandit won through luck, and he takes the samurai's sword, and the wife runs away. Um, so then we cut back to the city gates where the priest, the woodcutter, and the commoner are interrupted by a baby crying, which, in my opinion, is the strangest turn of events.
3: Yeah, it
2: was very unexpected. <laughs> I thought it was a cat initially. Yeah,
1: I didn't know what was going on. Um, so they find a baby abandoned, and the commoner takes the kimono and the amulet that was left with the baby, so it was, like, kind of wrapped up in it. Um... The woodcutter reproaches the commoner for stealing from the baby, um, saying, you know, the am- amulet was probably left there to protect it. Um, but the commoner chastises the woodcutter and the commoner deduces that the woodcutter stole the dagger and that's why he didn't speak up at the trial. And he mocks him, um, calling him a bandit, calling another a bandit, you know, kind of <laughs> going, ha you're not as good as you thought you were. <laughs> um... So then the commoner leaves Rashomon, claiming that all men are motivated um, only by self-interest and the priest's humanity, uh, sorry, the priest's faith in humanity is kind of shaken. He's like, well, well, shit, everyone's just kind of bad. (laughs) 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 I don't know, I didn't want to swear then. I was like, I was on such a good roll. Um... But then his faith in humanity is restored when the woodcutter takes the baby to care for, along with his other six children, which (laughs) kind of casts the woodcutter's story in a new light, you know, like maybe he stole the dagger because he needed the money and maybe he didn't get involved because he knew that someone needed to care for his kids and, you know, like, it's all about context.
2: He's a good guy.
1: Um. Is he, though? Yeah. it's just
2: like, I've got six, so, you know. What's, you know, what, one more not going to make much a difference.
3: <laughs>
1: um, so then, as the woodcutter takes the baby home, the rain stops and the clouds have parted, revealing the sun. The
0: end. Yeah. Amazing. Good report, cat.
1: Just oh, is there little, any fa- facts um,
0: left? There's got to be more. There's gotta be yeah, some I was more expecting more fun from
3: that.
1: Yeah, where was There's, the I have I have more notes, guys.
3: You I said it wasn't at the just end. Just calm down. No, it's not. <laughs> oh,
1: I said the <laughs> end of the plot. <laughs> God
0: yeah, damn right. it, Nick. <laughs> Fucking hell, Nicholas.
1: So just another little quote from our good friend, Roger. Oh, I love Roger. Quote, the genius of Rashomon is that all the flashbacks are, bu- are both true and false, true in that they present an accurate portrait of what each witness thinks happened false because as kurosawa observes in his autobiography quote humans are be sorry human beings are unable to be honest with themselves about themselves they cannot talk about themselves without embellishing which i really liked i think that's a very apt way of summarizing kind of the motivations behind each character in this movie and how they tell their story
2: and are you similarly pessimistic about humanity cat
1: i'm always pessimistic about humanity james
2: yeah humanity blizzard. sucks <laughs> the four of us suck
3: speak for yourself mate. yeah i was gonna say everyone, everyone's good goes i'm a exactly. great guy i'm great yeah listen to you sir. we're all thinking it You've all
0: proved Kat's point.
1: <laughs> all yeah, guys, thank you for proving my point. See, I insult you like, yeah, but not me. I'm I'm good. <laughs> um. So, due to the low budget of two hundred and fifty thousand dollars, there is only three settings in this movie. So you've got the forest, Rashomon Gate, and the courtyard. That explains the budget. Yeah. What you had
2: was yes. just one angle as well. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Um, so this is from Wikipedia um, when Kurosawa shot Rashomon, the actors and the staff lived together, um, a system which Kurosawa found beneficial he recalls, quote we were all very, we were a very small group and it was as though I was directing Rashomon every single day, um, sorry every minute of the day and night at times like this you can talk everything over and get very close indeed which I thought was interesting them all living together uh. Um, so many of the sequences are essentially silent. For instance, like the woodcutter at the start walking through the forest and discovering each item of clothing. Um, and I think that this is kind of almost what sets this movie apart from the other Japanese movies that we've watched for me is that you do get quite a lot of storytelling from the actors like, physical emotions on their face. Yeah. And I found it a lot easier to, like, not interpret, but, you know, like, get an actual feeling for the movie through that.
2: Yeah. It's like like we've said with Yojimbo and um, Seven Samurai, where you, because you lose the tone in the language that you don't understand, yeah. you get you get some of that back with this because it's a lot of um, facial expressions and whatnot yeah. that are telling the story. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. And because I think, too, it is the same story told four times. You, yeah, that makes you it kn- easier. Yeah, you know the story. You're just there to see what the characters think of it. Um, so the length of time of the shots of the wife and of the bandit are the same. When the bandit is acting barbarically and the wife is hysterically crazy, which I thought was nice. They're getting the same amount of yeah. screen time. Um. And one thing that this movie kind of um, pioneered was camera shots directly into the sun, which I'm sure Jacob so and far, Nick yeah. especially, you know, you don't do man. that. <laughs> um, because Kurosawa when they they were exposed, wanted, though. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Kurosawa wanted natural light, but it was too weak. So they used mirrors to reflect... Light onto actors, which is how you get that kind of dappled look in the forest, Mm. which is pretty cool. Um, They weren't just any
0: mirrors, they were full fucking like mirrors from like studio. They were massive,
1: absolutely massive,
0: like full length, huge, like you know, studio mirrors. That's nuts in a forest
1: in Japan, (laughs) carrying them around. (laughs) Um, Here's a fun little fact for you Um, the rain. At the so you know how it's raining at the gates. Yep. It had to be tinted black because it wouldn't show up on camera.
0: Nice. What was it? Um the, the
2: rain, the the, rain died was the water black. Was tinted black. Oh.
3: Yeah. Oh, that's Yeah, bad so rain. it would show up better. Right.
1: Um in one of his essays, Donald Ritchie says that there are four hundred and seven separate shots in the body of the film. This is more than twice the number in the usual film, and yet these shots never call attention to themselves, which I thought was really interesting. You know, you do get quite a lot of cutting in between each character,
2: except at the damn courthouse.
3: <laughs>
1: except at the courthouse. <laughs> yeah,
3: I'd imagine that right behind um, them's just like a car park. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> it's but like also a like, a little like that kid, shows like a beach ball in like in the middle of the frame.
1: They could have literally just been in someone's backyard. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But it shows that, like, with those scenes, like, there that are so long and lingering, how many, when you're outside of that, like, courtyard, how many are, like, how many cuts you have.
1: Mm.
0: Like, in comparison. Because you spend half the time, you know, on single shots, and then there's still so many different. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, and it also pioneered a very early use of the handheld camera technique so this is seen when the camera follows the characters closely through the woods Um, and Kurosawa often shot a scene using multiple cameras um, filming at the same time which was quite rare for the 1950s Um, and this made editing and continuity easier for him um So a little bit on the lighting, there's a lot of interpretations of, like, the symbolism and, like, what it all means because, you know, we don't actually get a final solution at the end of this movie. Um, So a lot of people have kind of taken on this light versus dark being physically represented through the lighting in the movie to represent, you know, who's telling the truth and all that. Mm
2: Um.
1: So in his essay so in an essay, sorry, Tadeo Sato suggests that the film unusually uses sunlight to symbolize evil and sin in the filming uh, in the film, arguing that the wife gives in to the bandit's desires when she sees the sun. However, Professor Professor Kiko Professor Professor Professor. (laughs) Kiko kiko mcdonald opposes sato's idea in her own essay and says the film conventionally uses light to symbolize good or reason and darkness to symbolize bad or impulse she interprets the scene mentioned by sato differently pointing out that the wife gives herself to the bandit when the sun slowly fades out so yeah yeah.
0: the use of sunlight through the trees kind of shows that it symbolises, like, the truth not being able to get through. Like, it's, you know, there's the light yeah. above, but you're stuck in the dark undergrowth.
1: Yeah, And exactly. that you're not quite
0: sure if what's real and what's not because the light yeah. can't get through enough to shine the way.
1: Yeah. Again, there you go. Another another way of looking at it. Hmm. Um, so, just to add to the conflict, <laughs> I found quite a few different... Um, takes on whether Japanese critics liked it or didn't like it. Um, Quite a few articles said they did. Quite a few articles said they didn't. A good friend Wikipedia said they didn't. So that's what I'm going with. Mm, Um, So trusting. And this is a quote from that page. They thought it performed well in the West due to it being, quote, exotic and more Western than most Japanese films, which I would argue that yes it kind of is more western like looking at it now but i think at the time not necessarily but i think it only seems more western now purely because we have got this kind of storytelling happening in more modern films and tv series and things like that yeah does that make sense
2: yeah i I think so yeah and even just with the four kurosawa movies we've seen like Yojimbo 10 years later feels a lot more Western. Maybe it's because a classic Western was was based on it, but, like, yeah, it's... Yeah, I don't know. This one still, like, you know, there's a, there's a very Japanese feel to it, I think.
1: Mm. Although, that being said, you could take it to, I guess, anywhere in the world and tell the same, same story with yeah. just... A recasting of characters and in a different language, and it still makes sense.
2: I suppose so. Yeah,
1: you know, it's not necessarily like set on being a, like driven by the fact that it is Japanese. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. That's just my opinion.
2: <laughs> I, sp- I suppose most of like the ones of kurosawa's that we've watched like aren't really. They all have. Ele- I mean, obviously. You know, three of the four of them are samurai films, so that yes. Like, yes. that part is quintessentially Japanese. And then even Ikuru, I suppose you could see like the the work culture of Japan is is like one of the most dominantly like work oriented in the world. So it make yeah. like, it makes more sense for it to be a Japanese film. But yeah. they all, to some extent, could be brought to other parts of the world. I think if you ignore yeah. those things,
1: yeah. Um, so, I don't know if you guys have heard of this, or not, but have you heard of the Rashomon effect?
3: No. Yes. Yes. I, yes. I know it's a thing, I don't know what it is exactly.
1: <laughs> so, this was actually named after the movie, um, and it's a situation where eyewitnesses recount the same event, but give contradictory descriptions of that event. So, you know, what happens in court all the time. Hmm. Um so this is a little quote from Roger Ebert again, it's very title has entered the English language because like Catch-22 it expresses something for which there is no better substitute which is true, like you can't say, oh, you know, they're just telling their side of the story and yeah, it's, it's easier um, so the film um, sorry you should be. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I just lost completely where I was up to. <laughs> um. Yeah. So, it's just an interesting little thing, I thought. The fact that it was named after the movie, like, who can claim that? You know? Like, you don't...
2: Get an, an, an effect, like a, a mental yeah. effect or a storytelling effects named after your story is pretty, yeah. and it, pretty it, cool.
0: Yeah. It, you can apply it to, like, real-life history and stuff that if what we're observing, what is the actual truth because we're all relying on different eyewitness accounts and this is the perfect example. In this film, you've got multiple different people that claim they all witnessed the same event but give completely different account, like, well, varying accounts of what happened. You can apply it to even, like, if you're watching, you know, an event unfold on the news and they're interviewing people that were there, you're going to hear different things and, like, even... If you look at like, you know, crime reports, someone said, oh, they were wearing, they were six foot four and they were wearing a white shirt and someone else was saying, oh, they were just under six foot and their shirt was grey or, you know, there's conflicting different yeah. things that you think that's what you saw, but you're not remembering it quite as what it might have been.
1: Yeah. and you, Yeah. Isn't there like some saying where, you know, every time you think you remember something, you're remembering it differently. Yeah. Because you're building off the memory of that memory.
0: And it can also come that if, you know, this you go to someone saying, oh, this has just happened, and you ask, you know, there might be an authority figure that then can twist the narrative even more in their quest for the answers. Mm. So they might take different bits from different witnesses to compile an event, like a history of events, but some of those might have been false statements from false memory.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I thought I'd just end with a little quote from Roger Ebert again because his article on this <laughs> was so great. Love well, um, Roger,
0: Uncle
1: Roger. Um, so, quote: "Film cameras are admir- admirably literal and faithfully record everything they are pointed at. Because they are usually pointed at real things, we usually think that we can believe what we see. The message of Rashomon is that we should suspect that even when we think we, even what we think we have." is that we sorry I haven't read this out loud I read it in my head before (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sorry the message of Rashomon is that we should suspect even when we think we have seen so essentially it's saying you know just because something has been filmed and you think that you're seeing something true it's not true or suspect use your critical analytical skills
0: critical thinking is important
1: (laughs) Um, and this insight is central to Kurosawa's philosophy the old collect's family and friends think they've witnessed his decline and fall in Ikaru but we've seen a process of self-discovery and redemption the seven samurai are heroes when they save the village but thugs when they demand payment after the threat is passed and the same is said for Rashomon the
3: end Wonderful. the actual wow. end now <laughs>
1: yay very good
0: so questions thank you Yes, Nicholas. Do you have any additional thoughts that you would like to add upon your viewing of this film?
3: Not really. I thought this was solid.
0: Yeah, um, I James. Like that. Now that Nick didn't have much anything else to add, <laughs> so coming um, straight to you.
2: Is 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 this is this the question that, that we ask? That maybe the no, name of this pod- No, no. This this, oh, is, this is
0: just any additional thoughts for something, anything you'd like to add upon your viewing of the film. Um.
2: No, I'll leave it till when I explain if I'd watch it again or not. Okay, I well then. That's
1: really well paced, actually. Like, considering some of the older movies we watched, Risk. are very slow. Yeah. This one is really like, bam, bam, bam. Yeah, if,
3: if it was like an hour longer, it wouldn't really add to it at all. It, it'd yeah. probably only no, drag.
1: 100% not. Yeah. All right, the only so... bit I would say that would drag was the woodcutter's initial walk through the forest, and even then, that's only a couple of minutes.
0: All right. so the question is, Cat. Yeah. Would you watch
3: this film again?
1: I think I I would, yeah. I quite enjoyed it.
3: Nick? I probably wouldn't. I feel like I've gotten enough out of it. I I enjoyed it, but it's nothing, I don't know, there's not really anything dragging me back to it.
0: It's consumed almost two hours of your life now and and almost two and a half hours we're at, including watching and podcast time, (laughs) and that's enough for you? Yeah, I think so. James, you said you had thoughts, so I'm, I'm um, excited to hear I,
2: them. I would not watch it again, and I actually disagree, for me personally, on Kat's pacing comment. in oh. that the That's funny sad. enough, the woodcutter at the start, I was I was in, involved in all that because it was still like like suspenseful, and you knew something was wrong. I've more so found just a lot of in the in the story of the you know hearing the bandit story and then the woman's story and everything. Just sometimes, like, bits that didn't even change that much would be really slow. They'd be... Like, and I love that the fight at the end was really slow and, ba- and bad. I thought that was funny. Um, but, like, just sometimes she would be crying for so long or and the, oh, yeah. the, the stare was so long. I get that he was meant; it was meant to be weird, but it was like...
1: It, he was loafing her.
2: Yes, he was loafing her, but it's just, it just very... <laughs> <laughs> Very extended, um, and yeah, just too extended uh, a fair, for you. A fair few of those points. Like, this is an hour and a half. This is a short movie, and it felt long for me. Wow. Um, so yeah, I um I went in with low expectations because I didn't like Yojimbo Jimbo that much, and I and I'd heard Rashomon was one of the more famous ones. So I'm like, okay, this is going to be more like I didn't expect it to be to like it more than Ikaru because I really liked it but I thought it would be good and it ended up being my least favourite of the four, so... Oh,
0: there yeah. you go. Fair enough, uh, then. Jacob? Yes, you that think? is me. Um, I didn't watch all of it. <gasps> That's <right. gasps> But, in saying that, I will finish it. <clears throat> and upon i further talking about it, it probably is something that I would watch again. Yay! Like I did in for the, you know, 90... 7% or whatever that I watched I did really enjoy but um yeah I just, I just thought it was one of the better ones or, or the, probably close to, could be my favourite of the four of his movies
1: that we've done I think it's my favourite, yeah, I haven't I seen think... Ikaru though, I was away for that week
3: I think yeah. Ikaru was my favourite
0: yeah, I just it was just interesting and it raised, raised a lot of questions that I thought were very you know Potent towards talking about film and film history, and yeah,
1: it was just it interesting. quite a big impact yeah. on film yeah. history.
2: It does like because of, it's a new, like it's a new concept at the time. the The way they did like the different different memories of of an incident, I find that interesting. But as watching it itself is my is where my review comes from.
1: Yeah, yeah. So fair, so fair. Okay. Are we ready to move on then? I think so. Hmm. So, let's move on to what we've been watching and what we're excited for.
2: Because bum, 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 I reported
1: this week, I'm going to go first. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no! I, so so. I thought you were going to say because you were reporting this week, you were going to choose who to, to throw under the bus and go first. But no, it's yourself.
1: I'm going first this week. Um, go ahead. So, I... My friend, my roommate, sorry, she is my friend, but she's also my roommate, Recent, <laughs> recently got um, Amazon Prime. So we were watching a couple of things on there, and we started watching Modern Love yesterday, and oh, my God, it is, like, next level. The first episode of season one, has so it stars the mother out of How I Met Your Mother. Um, just one little fact for you there, Jacob. Thank you. Um, <laughs> And holy shit! I was bawling my eyes out by the end of it. Like my my face was red. Like the jumper I was wearing, like underneath it, like my chin was just soaked with my tears. (laughs) It was Jesus. It was so emotional, and I don't know if that was just me or
0: what. Did you replace like you those should all el-
1: watch that first did episode. you have like a,
0: a power so rate nice. or something to replace all those electrolytes <laughs> you lost in your salty teeth? I did have
1: a lemonade icicle because um, I was feeling a bit down afterwards.
2: <laughs> Glad to see you looking out for a cat's wolf <laughs> of
1: That's like a lot of, you know, if
0: your jump is soaked from tears, that's a lot of liquid coming out. Like that, you know, you've got to rehydrate after those cries.
1: <gasps> yeah, yeah. Um, but it was so lovely. It's a really lovely show, I think. Um, so we watched a couple more episodes of that. And they didn't hit as hard as the first one, but it was still really good. So I think we'll keep watching it. Um, and I also started Mayor of Easttown, which is also phenomenal. If you guys Have you guys heard of that?
3: I've, I have you not. have heard the name, I've I don't heard, know what yeah, really it is. Yeah, I've heard the
0: name, but I've got nothing
1: apart uh, from that. So I think it was either nominated for or won... Like, I don't know if it won Emmys or what the go was, but it's about this um, police detective in this play- small, like, town called East Town um, who's played by Kate Winslet. Is it west of West Town? Mayor Sorry. of East Town, M-A-R-E.
3: Boo, Jake. Boo.
0: <laughs> Sorry.
1: Um, yeah, and it's kind of, like, follows her story of her life, like kind of falling apart around her while she investigates this murder of a young girl Um, and it also has um, oh shit, what's his name he's he's out of American Horror Story Evan Peters Um, he plays a detective that kind of comes in to help her out Um, and it's got Guy Pearce in it um,
3: and Gary Rice who's Australian,
1: plays her daughter Yeah, it's just got a really good cast. It's really, it's a bit heavy, but it's a very, very interesting show, and I it's very well acted and very well cast and just very gritty, which I like and appreciate in crime series. Yeah. Cool. So that's that's me. Oh yeah, that's me. I haven't been watching much else.
3: Nick. Um, I don't know if I spoke to... Uh, it's been a couple of weeks, but I uh, got Paramount Plus. I got a trial for it. Oh, God. Which I naturally oh, forgot yeah. to cancel, but uh, my intentions oh, were no. there. I uh, got Paramount Plus to uh, watch Nathan for you. Did you talk N- what about What is it? Nothing. No. Okay, so it's, <laughs> so it's a um, reality show about a comedian oh, no. named Nathan Fielder uh, going to struggling businesses in America and getting them to do, like, absurd stuff to kind of bring, like, customers to their business. And so it's, it's like a
1: PR stunt?
3: Sort of. But, like, he himself is just a very, uh like, uncomfortable presence. And it's just kind of him mm. seeing how far he can, like, push the business owners while also, like making them feel uncomfortable just in general. Like he'll like ask them if they want to like hang out uh, after like the end of the episode, they'll be like, Oh yeah, this is really good. Thanks Nathan. And he'll be like, Oh, that's awesome. Uh, and so do you want to like, I don't know, go, like go, go hang out later. Like with that tone, <laughs> it's, you
1: could
3: be an actor, Nick. Thank you. Thank you. I'll, I'll play Nathan Fielder in his biopic. but um, Jesus Christ. But it's absurd stuff. Like, he, he goes to, like, a um, an antique shop and gets them to open 24 hours a day and lure drunk people in with, like, everything packed in real tight and get them to pay for everything they break
1: Oh, my God. <laughs>
3: and Jesus and Christ. I think the first episode, he goes to, like, a frozen yogurt shop, like a yogurt land type thing, and they make, like, a shit-flavored yogurt. What is this
1: <laughs> show? Why are you entertaining it? Why are you oh, fuck, watching Nick. it? Because
3: it's amazing. It's really, really Why good.
1: not
3: know. <laughs> this has been thoroughly unconvincing, Nick, but I'm glad you're enjoying <laughs> <Thank> it. Thank you. <laughs> Just look up clips of it, and you'll um, uh, you'll get on my side. It's just very cringy. Great stuff. It's, it's I don't know. It's not my alley. My, I get um, such. Oh, yeah. um I get
1: such bad secondhand embarrassment from just like watching people like sing on TV. Yeah. I don't think I could watch it. No, it's
3: I, very I. I watched it with Beck, and she got past two episodes, I think. And I just she she just looked at me and said, "Can we turn this off?" I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah, okay."
1: Okay, that says That's enough. So, for me yeah,
2: too. so that says He's enough for me to too. It. Look, it's funny, I've, you guys have given me so many recommendations over the over like the year of podcasting or so, and I've <laughs> checked done very little of them. But just because this one was such a bad <laughs> pitch, I want to check it out. <laughs> I think,
3: James, I think you of all people will love it out of like the four of us. <laughs> I'm gonna have a look at a clip after after we're done recording. Yeah. <laughs> Other than that, uh, I've been rewatching Barry because I think there's a. <gasps> yeah. Right. I
1: started rewatching that as well. It's great.
3: I love it. Um, I don't know if so I ever spoke good, about man. it on here, but it's about Bill Hader playing a hitman that becomes a theater actor.
1: It's amazing. That's kind of all you have
3: to know. It was really really good. I love the dude who. Um,
1: no, no, her Hank. Who? Is that who you're talking about?
3: I know the, the bald, the bald guy. guy? Yeah, the guy like Yeah,
1: no, no Hank.
3: Yeah. <laughs> He's probably the funniest guy I've seen on T V oh. in a long time.
1: Yeah. He's if you have you watched it, Jacob?
0: No.
3: This is the guy just... who played I, I, I don't know if you watched Gotham back in the day, but he played Zaz. No. No.
0: I did not.
1: You should oh, Sorry. Um, I watched the first episode. And went, the first this is not episode. for me.
0: <laughs> for Gotham. Of
1: Barry. No,
0: of Gotham. And I was like, this is fucking oh. shit. <laughs> Oh yeah! Um, No,
1: go watch the first episode of Barry, and you will be hooked. I guarantee you, Jacob. Yes, it is one of the best shows I've ever watched.
3: Uh, Fonzie plays his acting teacher. Nice.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There
3: you go. But uh, otherwise, I didn't realize
1: how good an actor Bill Hader was. He's amazing.
3: Like he's really like it's kind of like a dark comedy, so he's like really dramatic when he has to be.
1: But he's also very, like, because he's playing a hitman, he's very, like, stoic and, like...
3: Yeah. He's
1: very much, like, oh, mm," you know.
3: It's good casting, I suppose, because he just looks like a guy, and apparently that's what hitmen have to be. They just have to be, like, regular-looking dudes. Otherwise... Yeah.
1: Have you looked into that, Nick?
3: Yeah. No, actually, I I did listen... branching out. I did listen to a um, podcast, like, a couple years ago about a hitman's manifesto or something. Oh know oh, It was kind of interesting, but I gave it up. Oh, just okay. too enticing.
0: <laughs> too oh. enticing. Yeah. Everyone be worried. Um,
1: uh, I don't think Nick could kill anyone. No,
3: <laughs>
0: Nick. Have you got anything else apart from a lust to murder? <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, no, not really. That's just thought okay. sort of was overpowering me at the moment.
0: Fair enough. Um, moving on from Nick's psycho, you know, issues, James.
2: Yes, um, I watched two movies this week, um, yeah, I I know, well, three if we include That's big for you. Um, yeah, I know, right? (laughs) Lockdown again to to him, everyone. (laughs) So, one of them was this old, um, not super old, but like 2010-ish, um... It's not old! It's 11 years old. Old, kind of, but like... Old if we're being like that, music is so old. Not old on a podcast okay. where we watch Akira Kurosawa movies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, it's this zombie movie called Warm Bodies with um. Oh, oh, I, yeah, I've <laughs>
1: seen that. I really like that movie. <laughs>
2: well, it was funny because as I was watching, I, I I'd started ages ago and and wanted to wanted to finish it off for like the fact that I remembered it I'm like I you know I want to see how it goes, and. Just thought it was so bad, most of it, and and went on the internet at the end thinking, this is going to have awful reviews. And it's got, like, 80% and is, like, really well-liked, mostly. And I was so shocked because, <laughs> well, I think Nick Holt does a good job. Like, all the rest of the cast I thought was yeah. so <laughs> cheesy and lame. Also... It, for any of you who haven't seen it it's a zombie movie where all the zombies get cured at the end and back to humans it's like a happy zombie movie it's like yeah great. it's great it's a feel good zombie, zombie, zombie
0: movie they're so yeah. fun and, love. And I love
2: I like I like feel good yeah I know it's about love but like it's a metaphor <laughs> and it was funny because I was I was thinking "Geez, the um, the leader of the resistance guy seems like a really bad actor and then they're like fuck that's John Malkovich I think he's really famous he's <laughs> yeah, been really good yeah <laughs>
1: Uh, that's funny. It's John um, Malkovich putting in zero effort. It's a bit and miss with John Malkovich sometimes, isn't
2: it? Yeah. Um, the other thing I watched was um, The Big Sick, which is... Um, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, Kamal based Nanjani. on a real story. Yeah, Kamal Nanjiani. Um,
0: yeah, it's, that's also very good.
2: Yeah, I, re- I really liked it. Um, yeah. Have you all seen it? Yeah, I know. A long time. I have. Yeah. It's very good. It's, um. Yeah, I'd highly recommend it, Kat. It's like it's there's a there's a bit of everything. It's a funny movie. It's there's a, there's a love story. It's a is
1: story there a about... murder being solved? Because that's it's, what I'm
3: really here for. Oh, yeah. it's a Sorry, true Kat, story, isn't is it? Not.
0: Like it's actually like someone like a famous. Yeah, it's, comedian. Yeah, it's about how
3: Kamal Nanjiani met his wife.
0: Yeah. Ah. Oh.
3: Yeah. So his, his character is just is
2: just him mostly, but it's yeah. also yeah. like a thing of like you know. Pakistani person like coming over and the adjustments with that and his family not accepting that he's not dating a Pakistani girl and and stuff oh, like yeah. that scandal and, really and Bo Burnham's in it as well which I didn't he realize is isn't to. he I was like what the fuck yeah true <laughs> <laughs> it is
1: I'll
2: have to check watching.
1: it out
2: it's it's very good I enjoyed it a lot but uh, that's me mm. what about Jacob what have you been watching Um
0: still watching The Walking Dead. <laughs> yeah. Um I'm oh on that okay. really like I'm going to add it know. to the list again. Um I also watched The Amazing Spider-Man because it With... was there Andrew Garfield the first one.
3: Yeah. Uh, uh,
0: and I remembered why I hate it. because <laughs> It's <laughs> just fucking dumb. And the st- the worst Spider-Man movie that's ever well okay the the worst Spider-Man movie that's ever been made after the year 2000. Um <laughs> It won't go into before 2000, but yeah, it's just it's just not good. It's just so shit. So yeah, I watched that. that that's I'm all. I'm gonna I've quote done you on week. Instagram,
1: Jacob. Dumb. So shit. Worst Spider-Man movie after 2000.
0: Because, and
2: I've just so been. She, all... Quote him as Walking Dead. Dot dot dot. Dumb. Stupid.
0: <laughs> Worst Spider-Man movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. Since 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 we've last been recording, I think I've been at work. Like pretty much every, all day every day so i haven't yeah, really watched yeah. anything that much this hmm. week um so yeah that's all i've got kat where can people contact us find us or get in touch
1: so you can email us at watch at at gmail.com um or you can send us a message on facebook or instagram we're at watch it again podcast um you can leave a review wherever you're listening to us on whether that's apple or spotify or just whatever you listen to your podcasts on um. Yeah, leave us a review, five stars only Good comments only <laughs> We don't like criticism here As you can probably tell um, <laughs> But yeah We'd love to hear from you guys So if you've got anything to say to us, good or bad It'll be great
2: Yeah, but you can criticise the other three hosts of this As long as you're not criticising me I think that's very fair
1: <laughs> Yeah, yeah James never does anything wrong, ever Yeah, so exactly Model human being <laughs> Everyone should aspire to be more James-like. I'm
2: a good bandit. (laughs) A good bandit. Um, Okay, I think that's it.
1: Jacob?
0: Yes. um, Thank you so much for listening, as always. We will be back next week with James giving a report on an Italian film from a long time ago. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Otherwise, I can thank- tell
1: how you're very invested in this ending,
0: Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so low energy. Not
1: distracted at all.
0: Thank you so much for listening. We will be back next week. Uh, as always, I am Jacob. I'm
1: Kat.
2: I'm Nick. And I'm James.
0: <laughs> Thanks, guys. Bye. 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 That's the stop.